Caring for our community has been part of Triangle's DNA since we incorporated 85 years ago. Community means so much that we added it as one of our core values. Through volunteerism, donations, and sponsorships, Triangle supports over 50 charitable organizations that help our communities for those who need a helping hand. Stay tuned to hear from local charities, how they help others, and how you can help with a simple vote in our Share Because You Care campaign. You're listening to Triangle's Making Money Personal Podcast, where we engage in real talk about financial matters that affect our community. Today's episode is sponsored by Triangle Credit Union, recently voted best credit union in New Hampshire. Welcome to the Making Money Personal Podcast. It's Terry, Liz, and Kevin. And today we're going to talk about community and serving those in our community uh, through charitable organizations. And we're really excited about this because community mm-hmm. um, and serving others means a lot to Triangle and uh, for those who are currently in this room. Yeah. That's right. And as you mentioned, Terry, in the little uh, teaser, is community is one of our core values as yes. a company. The others are diversity and service, but we thought as an institution that the community is just so important to us that we wanted to ingrain it into what we stand for as a company. Right. So we're just going to want to kind of talk a little bit about community. We're going to talk about you know what we do for the community, but we also want to encourage people listening to keep in mind uh, that they can also contribute and help with their community and, and improve the lives of the people that they live and work with. Right, right. Can you kind of break down what this uh, session is going to be all about, Liz? Yeah, okay, so awesome. What we want to do is we want to talk a little bit about what this campaign is going to entail. And this particular episode is going to be a little different than our regular episodes because part of us focusing on the community, we want to draw in three particular organizations that we've selected that we want to support financially. And we're going to need your help because you're going to need to help us vote for which one you want to receive a top donation. Again, part of our campaign, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But in this episode, we're going to have three separate interviews. We're going to be sitting down and talking to each uh, a representative from each organization so they can share a little bit about their organization, uh, what the organization means to them, and then how, if anyone's interested in learning more, they want to get involved, how they can do so. Right. So um, if you keep listening, after we share information, you're going to hear a short we don't seven-minute interview, one from Kevin, one from Terry, one from me, um, with these reps as they share their organization. Yeah, excited about that. We also get to hear about how they serve the community since, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I can start just by this thought is what strikes me about when you look at the word community, what I've always drawn my eye to is that community, if, when I look at it, it's common unity. And mm-hmm. what I find interesting about that is that we're connected together, uh, yes, by sort of things like we live in the same area or maybe we know the same people. But when you look at it from a standpoint of having a common unity, you can look beyond the things that often divide us. And these organizations seek to do that by drawing people together um, simply because in a lot of cases because, um, well, they're human beings and they have a need. And that's really cool. And I'm grateful to work for an organization that highlights community and not just community from sort of like a (laughs) 30,000 foot view, but really into some of the nitty-gritty of the uh, organizations that work directly with the people that we see in the streets and in the supermarket. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. I think it's important, too, that we focus on community uh, because 
there's so much need. There's so much need out there in so many ways. And these organizations work very, very hard to to touch the lives of the people who truly need it, you know. And I think it's really good that we take time to honor that and to um, remember that, you yeah. know. And I loved I loved your connection of common unity, Kevin. Awesome. I think that that is spot on. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these organizations, particularly service organizations, are typically nonprofit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. And they're funded by other means and methods. So campaigns like this are also very cool because it allows people to not only know about them, um, in fact, some of them that were going to be presenting, I was unaware of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think beyond just highlighting them, it also becomes a resource for us because Liz, you're absolutely right, there's so much need. And I think what's cool is when you know that these organizations exist and you encounter somebody that might benefit, now it becomes a referral or a resource uh, yeah. that you can add rather than, oh boy, that's difficult. What can I do about that? Uh, it becomes something that you can tell somebody about yeah. that they might benefit from. So I'm really excited just to hear the interviews um, as a whole. You know, I know that we're going to record them separately and then bring them together mm-hmm. for the overall podcast episode. But there's so much passion, and mm. that's really what I'm interested in, you know, hearing their passion and hopefully yeah. igniting that for our listeners, um, for us as well. Yeah. And, you know, and then being able to come alongside and offer a little bit more financial support through the, the campaign that we're running. So I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah, and the interesting thing is these these are three different organizations, right? And there's lots of others. Yes. Sure. Obviously, we'd be doing this podcast for a year if we were highlighting all the organizations. <laughs> right, right. Um, but what's interesting is, is, I've probably said that a lot, but it is interesting, is the organizations target specific things, right? I think when we think about the totality of the need that exists, it can be overwhelming. Mm. And I think it's important to remind ourselves that it's, it's not me, but we, right. and we do this mm. together. And it's important that everybody plays a part because then the burden, if you will, and it can, it, it's a fair word to use, burden is shared amongst all of us, but then the reward for the service or the reward for being involved in the community is also shared. Right. Yep. Good point. So well said, Kevin. Good wow. Point. I'm so inspired already. <laughs> All right. Well, so well do you want to? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, we've we've pretty much taken some time and shared a little bit about what we're excited about for this episode. So I'm just going to go into a little bit about what this campaign is. So we're calling it Share Because You Care. And what we're going to do is, as I mentioned, we're going to interview uh, each each nonprofit. So three total nonprofits. And Triangle is going to donate, um, make a donation to each one of these nonprofits. But what we want our listeners to do is we want you to vote on which of the three charities you would like to receive the top donation of $1,000. Um, second and third will receive 500 So take a listen. Um, and, oh, I have to tell you about how to how to vote <laughs> before I tell you that. So to vote, what we're going to do is we're going to have a form on our website, trianglecu.org, and you're going to fill out that form, and that form will be sent to us, and we will track all the votes. Just tell us in that form which organization you want to receive the top vote. Um, you can vote every day. Yep. So once yeah. every day you're willing to go if you're willing to go back and resubmit, you're more than welcome to do so. So this contest runs. Uh, it starts February 15th, so it's the day after Valentine's Day. That's a Thursday. Um, the release date of this episode, actually. And then it's going to run until February 29th. So it's a two-week two uh, two campaign. So make sure you share with your family and friends and, and get the word out there. So, yeah, take a listen. 
And Terry, anything you want to add? No, I just want to reiterate that where you can find more information about this is trianglecu.org. That's our that's our homepage mm-hmm. uh, on our website. There will be a banner. You select the banner, and that will take you right to more information with a little bit of bio on all of the three charitable organizations that we're featuring. And then you select um, Vote Now, which and then they'll take you to uh, a voting page, and then you can cast your vote daily. So daily. we encourage you to do that. So I'm excited, again, catching the passion, educating, bringing more awareness um, about these organizations. That's part of our duty. Absolutely. Excited, yeah. Yeah, yeah listeners, please share. It's so easy these days if you have social media just to repost something yes. or share something. Mm-hmm. And uh, since most of us are on social media, it's an easy way to just spread the word. Yep. Yeah. Now that's that's pivotal. That's part. That's the sharing part, right? Yes. That's share because you care. Share because you care. Yeah, and get okay. others within your circle to to get engaged as well. Yeah. Great. Well, we thank you all for uh, listening. We hope you enjoy the interviews upcoming and uh, make sure that you vote and keep us posted. We're looking forward to it. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this special interview on the Making Money Personal podcast. I'm super excited to introduce our guest, Henry Oach, CEO of Harbor Care. Welcome, Henry. Hi, thank thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I do want to say congratulations to Harbor Care for being selected as one of our organizations that we're featuring in our Share Because You Care campaign. Um, we've explained a little bit of that prior. So, yes, um, we're very honored. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Um, so I just want to we just want to kind of give you an opportunity to share a little bit about your organization, uh, so people listening who might not be familiar with it will kind of gain a little bit more knowledge about what you do. So we'll just start off with uh, what's your organization's mission? Well, Harbor Care has had a long history in the greater Nashua area. Uh, we were established about 40 years ago, and currently we are driven to end help end homelessness in greater Nashua and across the state of New Hampshire. Now we do this by providing stable housing uh, to individuals and families across the state, along with medical care, mental health care, uh, dental services, as well as addiction treatment. Wow. That's a lot of services. Yes, yes, indeed. Wow. Um, did you always start with uh, all of that, dental, how, like? No, the, uh, the organization, uh, when it was established, started off with one group home uh, located at Winter Street. And since then, it's grown quite a bit. Right now, we have a workforce of nearly 300 employees Wow. with a budget of approximately $40 million. Wow. Okay. Now, how long have you been CEO of Harbor Care? A little over a year. Oh, so you're new then. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, what have you learned like while you've been there as CEO? Like, what, draw, what drew you to Harbor Care, I guess? The mission of the organization is one that aligns with my personal values. Uh, one of the uh, many programs that we operate uh, in addition to what I uh, outline is um, uh, veteran services. So we provide support to individuals uh, who are military veterans uh, who are either homeless or at risk of homelessness. I'm a veteran myself, uh, but I have also worked in public health for 20 years. So this organization was able to leverage both of my uh, skill sets. Nice, nice. So you're bringing your experience and your expertise to this company. And, yes. Yep. Awesome. So how has working with Harbor Care impacted you personally? Do you have a, any personal story that uh, you'd like to share? Oh, there's so many. I, 
I'll share one, uh, and this this story actually uh, uh, goes back to 20, 2020. Uh, I was with a group of outreach workers in the city of Manchester. Uh, we do while we're focused on uh, Greater Nashville, we have a statewide uh, presence. Uh, so in this particular day, we were in Nashua, I'm, I'm sorry, in Manchester, and we were walking through one of the many homeless encampments. And I was with the uh, Veteran Services Outreach Team. We were looking for homeless veterans. And, and uh, as part of uh, the work that our outreach workers do, they establish relationships with individuals in the encampments. Uh, and whenever a veteran comes into the encampment, um, uh, the folks that they establish uh, connections with help them, help them out to help identify people in need. So this particular morning, uh, around 8 o'clock, we were made aware that there was a, a couple uh, that had just moved into the encampment. They came from uh, northern New Hampshire. And uh, one of the individuals in the encampment said that uh, they believed that uh, the, uh, one of the individuals was a veteran. Well, we found him, and, and he was indeed a, an Air Force veteran. We verified his eligibility. Uh, again, this was around 8 o'clock in the morning. By 12 o'clock um, uh, that day, uh, he was he and his spouse were in a hotel room, uh, and within a few days, they were in uh, one of our transitional housing programs. Wow. So that really left an impression on me because it's uh, it demonstrated the um, effectiveness and agility of the system yeah. uh, that we have in place to get people the services that they need. Yeah. And you said that was in Manchester? That, that was in Manchester. So do they find areas for them within that, like the nearest locations? Or did they have to come to Nashua? Or how do you? Well, it all depends. Uh, the individuals that receive care at, at Harbor Care uh, typically go through uh, some type of intake process where we uh, go through a either a service assessment or a clinical assessment, and we tailor our services to their to their needs. Uh, so in the case of this particular individual, uh, there was a, a, an assessment conducted, and, and ultimately they were placed in transitional housing and subsequently into permanent housing down the line. Nice. Wow. It's amazing that you can provide all of those. You provide not just the housing, but you, you go the step beyond and you do the, the clinical assistance, right? Anything that they need when it comes to dental, medical, right? Stuff like that. Right. So we have a clinic at, at 45 High Street here in, in Ashore where we provide uh, that primary care, behavioral health, and uh, dental uh, services in, addi in addition to addiction treatment. Uh, and that's for anybody. You don't have to be a veteran. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have a focus on individuals who are either homeless or at risk of, of homelessness, and we provide those services regardless of their ability to pay. That's fantastic. Wow. That must give you so much pride to know that you're involved in something that yes, absolutely. really changes lives. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, so what do you believe is the greatest value of your organization um, when it comes to providing these services to the community? So I would say that w there's, there's two items there, uh, the first of which is that we have demonstrated that individuals uh, that uh, we house, um, nine out of 10 of those individuals uh, remain housed after, after one year. They don't fall back into homelessness. And that's a result of the many support services that we provide to get them connected to the care that they, uh, that they need. Wow. It's a success rate, right? Like it beyond, is. Yeah. It is. And, and there's, there's so much more to unpack there because uh, individuals who um, who are specifically chronically homeless um, utilize other other services like the emergency departments, uh, and we're able to really have a positive impact on um, on in in that regard. Wow. 
What would you say um, at this time is part of the greatest need um, that you're noticing uh, in particularly the communities that you serve? Is there a rise in homelessness over the last you know few years, or is homelessness decreasing? Great question. So I, I'll answer that by by saying that across the state of New Hampshire, uh, there is a a housing shortage, and that impacts lots of people. Uh, but it disproportionately impacts those communities that have uh, a lot of, um, wh- whose, whose journey has a lot of stigma. Mm-hmm. So as we're trying to find housing for individuals who were previously homeless, we have a tough time. Landlords uh, have, mm-hmm. have a choice of who they can, they can rent to. Um, so we do, we do struggle there. Um, now, as we're trying to house military veterans specifically, one of the challenges that we have there is uh, there's a quite a bit of uh, a, 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 a good portion of the population that we serve within that program that, is, that are Vietnam-era veterans, uh, and as a result of that, they're older, uh, and they have some challenges um, ambulating. Uh, so we have to look for uh, uh, first-floor apartments or mm-hmm. um, uh, handicap-accessible units, and those are hard to find. Yeah. Um, if you guys weren't around, if Harbor Care wasn't around to help, um, what kind of situations would these these people be facing? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, over the course of the past couple of years, we have been able to house 200 uh, previously chronically homeless individuals uh, within the greater Nashville area. And these are um, individuals and families that are probably amongst the most the most vulnerable. So if Harbor Care was not around, um, many of those individuals would still be out on the streets. Yeah, wow. Well, thank you for doing what you do for the community. <laughs> well, we can't do it alone. We have a yeah. great uh, set of community partners across Nashua, and it's uh, really a wonderful community. Fantastic. Um, and you do families as well as individuals, right, as That's you right. said? Yeah. Yes. Pretty much anyone who's in need yes. of these particular needs. Awesome. So I guess I'll just wrap it up with this final question. So people who are interested in getting involved or volunteering, um, what are some ways you would recommend they assist you? In your organization, so there's there's three ways. Uh, the first is uh, come join our team. So we're always looking for great uh, great people. Uh, we have many job postings that are listed at uh, harborcarenh.org. Uh, so that would be the first way. The second is to uh, to donate. Uh, we do uh, rely uh, on f- uh, philanthropic uh, efforts. So you can learn more again at that website harborcarenh.org. Uh, and the last is something that you just mentioned. Uh, we do have opportunities to uh, to volunteer, uh, and that information can also be found on our website. Awesome. We'll we'll link to that uh, to your website in our show notes so people can easily access. So, thank you. Thank you so much um, for anyone listening. Uh, thank you for for tuning into this particular segment. Um, we want to remind you that if anything that you've heard right here uh, moved you to remember to uh, place a vote for Harbor Care in our Share Because You Care campaign. Thank you so much for joining me, Henry. Thank you for having me. Take care. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening in. I'm so excited to introduce our special guest for this segment. Her name is Brenda Gugesberg, the Executive Director for The Upper Room. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on being selected to compete for Triangle's Chair Because You Care campaign. Thank you. We're very excited to be part of it. Awesome. So we're just going to start. We want to give you the floor. We're going to give you a few minutes to share everything about um, the Upper Room 
and uh, just share with us its mission and when okay. what how what you do. Great. So our mission is strengthening individuals and families by providing them with the education, services, and resources needed to live healthy, self-sufficient lives. And how that plays out is through 18 programs that serve young children, families, teens, and their caregivers. And we offer a variety of programs that intersect and some that are just individual. And we are working with children and uh, trying to strengthen families with our programs. Fantastic. Yeah. How long have you been around for? Um, we uh, began in 1986, so, okay. uh, yep, and um, have been kind of one of our pillars in our community. We get to partner with some really cool people yeah. in the community. So, what kind of yeah. programs do you uh, um, facilitate? Great. Um, so we offer a high set program, which is um, the high school equivalency. So we run two uh, sessions of that a day. We run a lot of parenting programs, um, a teen parenting program. Uh, we run a food pantry. We have uh, several family-based programs. So we go in the home. We have a counselor on staff who does therapy uh, and a, a lot of adolescent wellness services. Mm. So a juvenile diversion program. We run a drug and alcohol course, an anger management course, community service, that kind of thing. So wow. yeah, a lot going on there. Wow, that's great. Yep. Uh, so how has working with the organization impacted you on a personal level? Is there any particular story you'd like to share? Um, it's kind of a calling. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of, I, I think I was sharing with you earlier, you fall yep. into it. Yep. Um, I think um, having the privilege of, you know, post working with somebody about 20 years ago, um, seeing her posts and watching her raise five beautiful children and uplift a foster program in the South, and she has her master's degree. And knowing that in some small way, the upper room was a piece of her journey, and she mm. testifies about that. It just really makes that part of her story, um, that in some way we were part of not just her growing and success, but the fact that she is helping her own family to be beautiful and successful, and she's also lifting a foster system in a place that really needs it. So, wow. yeah, just really cool to be part of any piece of something that amazing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Now, in in a case uh, like hers, do, does she approach the upper room for assistance, or how how do people find uh, to connect with you? Yeah, good question. Quickly. So we take referrals, self referrals, school referrals. Um, we might get a call from a counselor, a school counselor, uh, social workers, um, the police, the probation and parole. Okay. Um, and so she probably uh, she was connected to us through the school. Okay. And um, then we began working with her as a young mom. So wow, yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yep. So you have a lot of other, um, I don't know if organizations are the right word, but maybe organizations or other groups that are aware of you, so they can help kind of funnel people to you as needed. Yep. Right. I th I like to look at us as the net. Right. So yeah, we are a piece of a whole system of support. We're just one of the many that do awesome work, and there are so many amazing organizations in New Hampshire, like. We're a really interesting state, so mm -hmm. yeah, yep. And you're located in Derry, right? We are in Derry. Okay, yeah. Yep. But you serve more than Derry, right? Yeah, Southern New Hampshire. So last year we served forty people from forty three different communities, different towns, oh, wow. states. So you know we do have a footprint, and we kind of follow some of our contracts. You know, have us working within a certain uh, space. But um, if there's not a program available in a community, people are welcome, and we are. That is some of our, you know tenants that we want to serve all people so if people yeah. 
show up. We're going to try to do what we yeah. can do. To You're not going to turn them. anyone no. away. No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. That goes along with your mission. Yep, for sure. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So what do you believe is the greatest value that your organization provides to the community? I think um, we really want to be a partner and not just a partner to the community, but a partner to families. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to be part of um, this walk with. And so that is really how we operate. Um, we just hope that we can work together with anyone and everyone, whether it's a client or a community member or another agency or our municipalities. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. We want to be part of it. Uh, so I'm just curious, the upper room, the name, <laughs> what's the origin of the name? The origin of the name was the um, original founders, Anna Willis and Claire Hamilton, um, had a very tiny grant, like $2,000, and sat on it for a bit and wondered, how are we going to use this? And um, Claire had a dream and called Anna, and it was about a place upstairs. It was an upper room, and they began, wow. yeah, this place literally in an upstairs space. Our first place was in a second floor um, space in downtown Derry. And so it, well, some people think it's a religious affiliation. It really is not. It is. It was born out of kind of their dream and, and kind of waiting for something to show for them. And they, they knew they had to do something wow. good with it. And, and that was to reach out to yeah. people in the community and pretty much start this mission. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Working with families and kids, they felt that uh, young people needed to get their education and they were going to try to help everyone do that. And they wanted parents to have what they needed to to build those competencies within the family and build the skills and support and communication. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can imagine for some parents, you know, there's all kinds of things that can happen in life. So to have, Mm -hmm. to have an advocate um, there to assist you or as you're, you know, going through some of these things in life is probably, um, you know, it's an incredible asset for you. Incredible help. Yeah. Great. Um, So how many people within the community do you think you're serving at this time? Like, Good do question. You measure that? <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, so last year we served over four thousand people in person. So wow. that was through our direct service and community outreach programming, um, and in total we served over nineteen thousand. So because we're a resource and referral agency, we do get a lot of calls and just walk-ins where people are looking for how to get connected to Head Start or where's the local nursing home for their parent or how do I sign up for tax assistance. So some of it is real simple lifts and asks and we can get people on their way really quickly and other people we're making referrals for and working with for a period of time. So yeah. Very cool. Yep. Uh, Okay. So for anybody who's listening, um, some people might be looking for ways to get involved to help out. How would you suggest that they do so? I think uh, first, just know who we are, know what family resource centers in the state do, but we're we're local, um, and make referrals, right? Because yeah. everybody might need an answer for something, and it can be one in a million things. Um, definitely providing support, and that can be um, connecting us to other agencies who might align with our mission so that we can expand our resource knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Um, support a program through a function, um, through a grant, through sponsoring an event, um, and volunteering. We love volunteers, people who have information and expertise that will help support a piece of information, a person, a program in a time of need. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you say volunteer, would it be like, um, would it be in the terms of like being on your location to help with be. any kinds of yep. Um, yep. distribution of items maybe? It or could be. Teaching yes. a course yep. or some, some type of thing like that? Yep. 
Yep. Okay. And it also could be organizing a diaper drive. <laughs> we just talked about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which Triangle has done yes. a couple yes, different have. times. Yeah. Well, we've assisted in. We weren't the main yeah. organizers. We've right. helped with that. All right. Correct. Um, awesome. Well, Brenda, is there anything else that you wanted to share before we close? No, I just thank you to Triangle for uh, helping nonprofits uh, lift up a little bit. We appreciate the business partnership and the care that you put towards the community. Thank awesome. you. Well, absolutely. Thank you so yeah. much for doing what you do. Yeah. Um, so anybody listening to this, if you like what you heard and you're, you want to learn more about The Upper Room, you can check out their website, I'm sure. And um, remember, you can cast a vote for them in our Share Because You Care campaign. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you. Welcome, Michelle O'Malley, CEO of the Webster House to the Making Money Personal podcast. And congratulations to the Webster House for being selected as one of our Share Because You Care campaign organizations. Thank you so much. We're We're so glad to have you in the studio today. Really excited to be here with you ladies. Yes, that's awesome. So, um, Michelle, well, let's get right to it. Um, Why don't we talk a little bit about um, your organization, your role in your organization, maybe, and what the mission is. Absolutely. So I'm the chief executive officer. I've been in this position just under three years. And my main role is to work on the community development. And I report directly to our board of directors and really just trying to familiarize people with our mission and what we do. This is our 140th year. Oh, congratulations. uh, Serving New Hampshire's most vulnerable youth. And I'm Mm. really proud to be there. And um, yeah, so just trying to get our, our name out there, get our mission out there and provide the best support and highest quality of care that we can for our residents. Our mission is to provide a safe, supportive home for children who cannot live at home primarily for reasons of neglect, abuse, um, challenges in the community. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not awesome. It's kind of sad, but I'm so glad that your organization uh, fills that role. It's a very mm-hmm. important role. Thank you. Uh, for our community. So where are you located? We are in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, 135 Webster Street, right across oh, nice. from Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> uh, right at the cross section of Hooksett Road. Okay. I'm familiar with that area. All right. Mm-hmm. And do you service mostly, um, we're going to get into the, some of the logistics and uh, uh, your sor- service organization a little bit later, but do you service southern new hampshire or primarily the manchester area actually we provide uh services for the entire state oh okay and so children are referred to us through dcyf and uh and that is how we receive the the children in our care so they come from all over the state okay Mm -hmm. all right great all right so um let's look at uh some of the questions that we had um how has working with the Webster House impacted you personally? And do you have a story that you could share um, that has touched you on a personal level? Sure. So, you know, my role, as I said, is mostly in the community and fundraising and donor development. Um, however, my office is in the house where the, mm. the children live. So, you know, I see them every day and I see them off to school or I see them after school and they do have an opportunity to come and and talk with me. Typically Fridays are a a great day. They come and sit down and usually they want to 
uh, put their hands in my stand, my candy stash, <laughs> but they'll they'll talk about their day and um, things they might be doing that weekend, share their poetry and draw. Uh, but I do have some connections that are closer with others. There was a young boy that lived with us for a while, and he would come and meet me every day after school. It was our meeting time. I was mm-hmm. like his person, and uh, but he. You know, he would bring me his artwork, and it was very special. And unfortunately, he needed a higher level of care, so he had to transition out to another home out of state. Uh, and and it's hard when that yeah. happens because we do build relationships with these kids, but we also have to understand that sometimes they need more services than we can provide. Mm. And so how, it's bittersweet. Um, how many how many children do you typically have at the house? Oh. It's hard to answer that question because okay. it, it really ranges. We can have up to 19 uh, children. Right now we have 14. Okay. And like I said, it, it's they're referred to us. And so we, we have to read about the child and make sure that they're appropriate for our level of care. Uh, we don't necessarily accept everyone because there's different levels of children's homes Mm -hmm. Um, but we right now we have 14 and we always have referrals um, kind of I'll say in the pipeline um, not to make it seem like it's inhumane but but I think everybody knows like you know you know referring to it as a pipeline (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know that they're children waiting basically sure yeah sure and you know it's kind of like a domino effect um, because there might be people waiting to come into our care and we might be waiting to transition someone who's in our care to another location who needs more attention it's it's it goes into detail but um but yes right now we have 14 and we have children ages 8 to 18 and then we also have two beds that we hold for children ages 18 to 20 who might not have anywhere to go and they might not be ready to live on their own Mm. Uh, so we want to make sure that they have everything they need all the tools that they need to be successful excellent and um can you give us an idea of how long do they typically stay with you? Sure. That also ranges. We sometimes have uh, what we call emergency placement, and it might just be for a weekend or maybe two weeks. But we have kids that have been with us for three years okay. and maybe even longer before my time. Mm-hmm. But it, since my time, we've had uh, actually siblings that were with us for three years and i'll actually never forget it was my very first week and the friday my first friday there all three siblings uh were taken into the same foster family oh wow and it was very bittersweet because as you can imagine the staff became close they were their guardians right so everyone it's a kind of a tradition everybody goes on to the front porch and waves and you know tears um but that's what you want for them right exactly happy tears it was it was very very bittersweet oh i love that Mm -hmm. that's that is really nice um can you explain a little bit about what you would determine is the greatest value that your organization provides to the community sure well and that's hard too because is it when you say community is it the residents or the community at large for the residents that we have i would say that we provide them with a second chance mm-hmm. uh, because some of them don't have a good home environment and we provide them with the structure and the opportunity to have 
I'll say somewhat normal childhood. You know, we, we keep them busy. We have social activities. We transport them to and from school. We'll help them secure a job. Um, so really just providing those, um, the foundation for them that a guardian or parent would. Uh, we also provide them with independent living skills. It's one of our, the foundation of our services so that when beyond our care, they're able to live a, a successful and life and flourish. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the community, I would like to say that Manchester in particular, that we're hopefully providing these kids with an opportunity to be our future leaders. Oh, I love that. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, you had mentioned that about the the three siblings and that they found their forever home with foster care. Is that typical of part of your process is to um, place them into a permanent family situation? Hmm. Like, do you work with the foster care system of New Hampshire? So, our, or other or other agencies too, I guess. Sure. Just that one. And and that ranges from child to child. Some of um, some of the children will transition back with their family uh, for whatever they have going on in their life. Perhaps they have addiction or other challenges. The family is work, trying to work through those challenges, and they may still have guardianship, and the kids will stay with us until they're ready to transition back. In other cases, we have children whose parents lost custody, and so they might be with us hoping to go into foster care, uh, hoping to be adopted. And if that's the case, we don't necessarily uh, lead that charge, but our staff works very closely with uh, with the services within the state. And so typically DCYF or the, the case managers would help facilitate putting them on the New Hampshire adoption website for example so we might have kids in our home that are hoping to be adopted and you would find that information up on the adoption site Um, but right now I don't believe any of our children are in that um, position I believe they are hoping to transition home Mm -hmm. well that's that's wonderful Mm -hmm. as well um, what are some ways that in, beyond voting for the Webster House um, in this particular campaign, but what are some other ways that people can get involved with the Webster House sure. in terms of support? Thank you. Well, we have an amazing board of directors and one of our committees is really helping us, like I had mentioned, get our name out through social media. So we have a website, websterhousenh.org, and through that website, you can find all of our social media platforms, which I am not an expert in. (laughs) However, we do have a Facebook, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn account, as well as our website. And uh, one of our board members created a link tree, which I never knew anything about, but on the link tree, you can find all of those platforms and we do have our one fundraiser every year it's the annual night of giving and it's our third year and it's on april 3rd at the manchester country club and that information can be found on our website as well uh this our goal is three hundred thousand, and we're already at one hundred fifty thousand. wow great so we only have about 30 seats left okay so if you're interested please go to our website and, and you can also find my information reach out to me for more. That's wonderful. Um, That actually concludes everything that I had 
Is there anything else, Michelle, that you would like to share that we didn't get an opportunity to cover? I just want to thank you first and foremost, because like I said, it's really important that people understand what our mission is for a long time. And the house has been there, you know, of 140 years. Some people think it's a halfway house. Some Mm -hmm. people think it's, you know, some sort of rehab. They don't understand that it's a home for children and they're not delinquent children. These are children who, you know, unbeknownst to themselves have just been dealt a hand that isn't favorable. Right. And so we're there to provide them with the services to help them feel unconditional love and give them direction and structure. So I think that's really important for people to know in the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing all that you have today. We really appreciate your time. And again, for those who are tuning in for the Share Because You Care campaign, this is the Webster House. If this has really touched your heart, then please uh, make sure you vote for the Webster House. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. Have a great day. You as well. That wraps up this episode of the Making Money Personal Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, we would love to hear from you. Email your thoughts about this show or any other ideas at tcupodcast at trianglecu.org. Thank you to all of our subscribers. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on any new episodes or money tips. Thank you for listening and have a great day.